Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, I have I have seen the sexy Waluigi. No need to keep sending me the sexy Waluigi on social media. I've I've seen it. If you're out there and you sent it to me, I thank you. But I saw it from 15 other people. I've seen it. I've seen it. Thank you. Needed to address that up top. I have a quick follow-up question for you, Jordan. I don't don't think one's necessary, but (laughs) if you want to waste everyone's time. I was on social media the other day. Mm Mm-hmm. And I saw a sexy Waluigi. Do you want me to share that with you? Have you seen that? Uh, I have seen it. I've seen it many times. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesse, I, I'll, 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 we can get into this. I, you know me, you know I love the fans, right? Yeah, well, sure. Of course you do. Yeah. I have three, I have three great loves in my life. Number one, my country. Uh-huh. Number two, local honey. Sure. Well, it's good for allergies, they say. Sure, yeah. Well, I'm tired of these um, out-of-town bees coming in and trying to peddle their honey. (laughs) I think we should build a wall. (laughs) Between L.A. and San Bernardino, where all those interloping bees are coming in. Okay, I don't need to get off on a rant about local honey here. I just don't want to... Jordan, I don't want to learn any new dances. That's all I'm saying. Local bee dances for me only. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I mean, how are you going to attract a mate otherwise? I think, Jordan, Yes. I think they use it to communicate where the flowers are. Oh, I assumed it was for mating. I've Maybe I've been doing my dance wrong. <laughs> Is that why no bees will fuck me? <laughs> yeah. You got a few good bee fucks out of it. Yeah, not enough, though. Yeah, and you don't know where those fucking flowers are. And I, I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm horny and I have no flowers. Number three, the fans. I love the fans. Sure, but you're you're aware that we have some 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 beloved running references on this show. Yeah, uh, be fucking, be fucking. Of course, everyone loves that. Everyone got their be fuck T-shirt last year on Teespring. <laughs> you know, Booster Gold, of course. Yeah. And uh, and Wa- Waluigi, we like to mention on the show. So whenever there's any Waluigi news, you know, that comes down the pipe, um, people like to send it on social media. And I guess a few weeks ago, there was a a, a, a performer on TikTok. Have you, do you use TikTok much, Jesse? No, I don't myself use TikTok, but from time to time, someone will share a TikTok video on mm-hmm. Twitter. Right. I'll see it and think... I enjoy that, but I'm old. Sure. So I also don't use TikTok, and I kind of see TikToks in the same way that you do. I'm uh, I'm there on my uh, my preferred social network for olds. Google Wave. Google, yes. And someone, and so okay, so a few weeks ago, the thing that blew up TikTok was a a a a, a sexy woman in a sexy Waluigi outfit, and she was doing a dance. To the hit song WAP. You familiar with WAP? It's a hit song. Kids love this, uh, like dancing to it on TikTok. Yes. So this woman was dancing to a version of WAP while dressed as Waluigi. And every time the singer in the song said WAP, they replaced it with WAH. 
Sure, that's what Waluigi says. It's his famous. He says That's why he's Waluigi, not regular standard Luigi. I lo- I loved seeing this once, but then just Jordan. It's like how regular Luigi is always going Luigi. Right. They love to say the first part of their name. Yeah. So I just I I I I got a I got a flood of these, and I whereas I liked it, I just want to be sure that I don't grow to like it too much. Do you know what I mean? You following me here? You're talking about having problems with your pants tightening. Sure. I don't want this to imprint on me in any way. I'm very susceptible right now. I think we all are. Yeah. Our minds are weak and jello-like. Yeah. I read an article about this in The Economist, how quarantine from the pandemic has led a lot of people to develop weird new fetishes. Sure. And And listen, I... From just whatever's around. Yeah. And if that's what's rocketing at me... 24 7 on the socials it it's it's gonna get into the brain and it's gonna cause problems so i just wanted to say up top thank you i've seen it i like it but i've seen it enough thank you probably people should send you this is just an idea i have sure probably people should send you sexy pictures of regular luigi because the problem here is while luigi is evil luigi he's too evil he's too evil right exactly and you don't want to Go to the dark side. No. I don't mean I don't mean to speak for you, but I presume that you don't want to go to the dark side. No, I'm good all the way, baby. I'm all I'm light side. Here, oh, you're all the way good. I see. Yeah. I thought you meant you were all the way all the way good from here to the dark side. <laughs> like you didn't no, need I, a ride. Listen, I don't I don't need to I don't need to I don't need to meddle in the dark side. I hear they can bring people back to life, but I think that's unnatural. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it in the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise. <laughs> and I believe it, too. There's some so, Whatever that poll was, and I don't recognize it. I'm a medium Star Wars rest, guy. You know rest that. Rest assured, it was very good. It was a delicious poll, I assure you. It was delicious. <laughs> it's... It's the one thing in that entire intro that led our our guest to break up. So uh, why don't we bring him onto the program and he can explain to me why that was funny. <laughs> Let's do. Um, he is, of course, one of the hosts of the smash hit gaming podcast, How Did This Get Played?, where they play bad video games, uh, often with Jordan. Uh, he is one of the hosts of the smash hit chain restaurant turned grocery store podcast the doughboys uh where they eat at grocery stores and chain restaurants or eat frozen foods from the frozen food aisle during quarantine his name is nicholas weiger hi well welcome to the show nick hi nick are you rolling Quick question. Are you rolling, Nick? Weiger's rolling. This is Weiger rolling. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Weiger is thank rolling you. on his audio here. You sound good on my end. Okay. Oh, great. Wonderful. <laughs> and thank you for getting Ed McMahon to tell us that. <laughs> um, Weiger is rolling. Very good. Weiger, who's, uh, who's on Saturday Night Live tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Musical guest, Dave Matthews Band. 
Say Ellen Cleghorn and we can move on. <laughs> and your host, Chris Gaines. <laughs> wow, Gaines is hosting in character, but Garth Brooks is not the musical guest. <laughs> yeah. It's a wild amazing. episode. Chris Gaines is hosting in character and Sting is the musical guest. Gaines not even doing music, just doing sketches. Well, he brings a certain rock and roll cool to the comedy proceedings. It's true. Can I ask you guys something? This is something I've actually been thinking about. Yes. Why do we remember that? Why do we remember Chris Gaines? I I don't I don't I don't listen to hardly any country music. I didn't then, but for some reason the fact that for a while in the 90s Garth Brooks had a rock and roll alter ego that played Saturday Night Live is just something I know and I don't love knowing it. I'm not like excited that it's in my brain, but I just I know that and I know it takes Sting a long time to come. Why do I know those two things? I mean, Garth Brooks, Garth Brooks was like the best-selling artist of the decade. Yeah. And I don't, I cannot name for you right now a Garth Brooks song. And I like country music. I'm a fan of country music, but I cannot name one Garth Brooks song. And it's not because he doesn't have songs or doesn't have hit songs, doesn't have good songs. He's just the most indistinct successful artist of all time. And I think that what's remarkable about Chris Gaines is that we all knew that's what he was at the time. And then he said, but I've got a, I've got a little alternative rock side character I'd like to introduce mm-hmm. you to. And even then, we knew that was an amazing situation. Even as 13-year-olds, yes. we understood. Well, I, and I, I, think, I think Jesse speaks to just how ubiquitous Garth Brooks was. Like, he was as famous. I mean, is, is there a musician as famous in absolute terms today as Garth Brooks was in the 90s. I'm not sure. He was he was not even he close. Was I mean like not even Kanye West. Yeah. And so I think we all knew who Garth Brooks was and then when he did something weird for anyone to do, I think it it just it, it was just hard it was it, it was impossible to miss. It, it, doing SNL in I mean like he cuz he hosted as Garth Brooks and then performed as Chris Gaines in character right that's what he did I, I'm trying to remember it I think so and yeah. I think I know that I could say that with some certainty <laughs> again why 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 can I say yes you're right why why I don't know I don't remember any of the sketches from the episode yeah did he do what's he uh, did he did Matt Foley the motivational speaker set him straight? I couldn't tell you. I believe he had a sketch that was fairly well regarded where he sold his soul to the devil played by Will Ferrell uh for guitar skill. That's the that's the only okay. thing I remember. I huh. kind of remember. It that. sounds funny. Yeah, it was it funny. Sounds funny. It was really funny. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> yeah, but it was good. Something that amazed me recently about Garth Brooks is uh I don't know if you guys know this, but in Ireland, country music is very, very popular, including both Irish and American country music. Like, that's one of the most popular forms of pop music. And uh, I I didn't know that, despite having a lot of Irish relatives until I visited Ireland maybe six years ago uh, to visit those relatives and and learned uh, that... Garth Brooks was doing a stadium show in Dublin. And this was in like a, you know, 60,000, 80, like a giant soccer stadium. Uh, And he had five consecutive sold out stadium shows in Dublin in one place. Unbelievable. 
that's that's like I don't know how many million people live in Dublin. Two, one point five. That's four hundred thousand people or whatever. <laughs> like one in three Dubliners were had tickets to see Garth Brooks. I had no idea he had any sort of international fame. I assumed he was a, he was strictly a U.S. an American phenomenon. I thought he was like the NFL. I had no idea that 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 the world loved him as well. And this was old, this was like five years ago too. This isn't this isn't in nineteen ninety six or whenever Garth Brooks was famous. Nineteen ninety three. Wow. This was just recently. Weirdly, Chris Gaines famous in Wales. They do not care for Garth Brooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why all his song titles had so many consonants. <laughs> I suspect that this podcast, just based on, you know, like social media chatter, I I think we're very famous in Canada, but I've just never been able to go to prove it. (laughs) (laughs) Weiger, do you get a sense of having any, uh, a lot of international listeners for any of your various podcasts? Well, we get a lot of, uh, we get a fair amount of military listeners, and I think because, for to Doughboys, and I think that's because, you know, the talk of chain restaurants reminds people who are stationed abroad uh, of home, um, but we also, but as far as, for as international, you know, citizens of other countries, uh, you know, Canada is, is, is predictable, uh, but I, uh, Australia, we have a pretty, I mean, like, it's throughout the, the English-speaking world, but I think Australia in particular, and when you're talking about country music being popular in other countries, I assumed it would be, like, Australia, because I always think of Australia as, like, the, the, the nation most directly analogous to the U.S., um, right. But uh, but uh, Australia, I, I think because there are so many chain restaurants there, I think that, that we have a pretty significant following uh, for Doughboys in that nation. Both the United States and Australia are known for our hunks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right. Definitely some, I mean, the, there's the thunder from down under. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. The Vegas Review, they come from Australia. That's right. Mm-hmm. And here we've got our Magic Mikes and our, our Chippendales, you know, uh, hunks of all varietals. Man, Magic Mike teaming up with the Thunder from Down Under. That's my Infinity War, right? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta collect all those stones, huh? I did not see You gotta collect the stones and put put them in the magic buns. Yeah. (laughs) The hot buns. Yeah, it seems like I do. Australia does seem to have an interesting, like, chain restaurant thing going on like you know how how there's the the popular kind of online article like you won't believe you know in taipei they have a purple whopper like you know just like the 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 wild fast food stuff not from america i can't imagine nick that anyone has ever sent you those articles (laughs) as if it was a sexy waluigi look i've seen the purple whopper from taipei thank you for sending it to me uh but at this point i've seen it so don't need to send it to me anymore. Yeah, it, it's a lot of those. I, a lot of those lists I fear are sometimes just to say like, 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 oh, what they eat in Korea is weird, which I don't care sure. for. Uh, but right. I, I do feel like Australia does end up in some of those listicles. I have said this a number of times on Doughboys and um, and people to, to the point where people have been like to me, like, we get it. We know. Uh, but the Hungry Jacks is what they call Burger King in Australia. And I thought that this was because of some sort of respect for the crown, that you could not have a... a <laughs> oh. Because it's a protectorate. The, you could, yeah, you could not call it like... Because Australian remains part of the Commonwealth. 100%. Yeah, you could not, not a protectorate, part of the Commonwealth. 
and the the king the king of the commonwealth is king of of everything burgers included so to yes. suggest that there is a separate king for a particular food is I mean that's I mean it's basically blasphemy. Yeah, it's it's true it'd be true too disrespectful. Apparently that's not the case. It's just as simple as some like random asshole owns the rights to Burger King uh in Australia, so they had to rename it Hungry Jacks. So they don't have a Jack in the box, uh, but they do have Burger King, but Burger King has Jack in the name. It's it's very confusing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jack in the box is called Tasty McDonald's. <laughs> it's just way too confusing. <laughs> Do not try and get a burger in Australia. They love fried chicken there, I guess. I guess it's very popular. Uh, th- that's very popular in Australia. But it does seem like, you know, in those kind of like look at what they eat in other countries lists, you will see like like Australian Pizza Hut has gone off the rails and put hot dogs in the crust. Right. Or, you know, jalapeno poppers with a single spider in the middle. <laughs> I'm starting to feel bad because I literally, the last time I was on Doughboys, uh, took Nick and Mitch to a restaurant that sadly has closed not far from our office, which was called Mr. Pizza Factory, which was in fact literally a Korean pizza chain. Yes, Mr. Pizza, pizza for women. Uh, that's how it's marketed in South Korea. What? Mr. Pizza, pizza for women. And Okay. You know, it's like uh, everyone, you know how women, like, they'll put in, like, on, the, in, on uh, Tinder or something that, like, you know, they're, they're, they'll, they'll say something cute about pizza, like, that that's the, their, that's what they're looking for in a man. It, it's, it's that personified. Um, gotcha. So it's, uh, but no, I, don't, I have no idea, but they, they call it Mr., I, I guess it's a thing that, that's in their marketing sometimes. It's Mr. Pizza, Pizza for Women, and it is a strange experience for an American diner with an American palate because it'll be things like, you know, sweet shrimp and corn on a pizza. And you're just not used to those flavors, and you might, as we did in some instances, recoil because it's just a very different uh, combination than than you're used to. I have to say, my memory of doing this, and this was, uh, you know, 12 or 15 years ago now uh, (laughs) that I was last on Nick's podcast. Yes. But uh, my memory of doing this was that all of the flavor combinations of weird pizzas that we ordered worked surprisingly well. The only problem was they all sucked. <laughs> like the quality of the pizza was garbage. Right. Uh, but all, but all, like every weird set of th- like we ordered like five different pizzas and every weird list of things that you d- wouldn't think belong together on a pizza. My thought was. Hmm. That would be good if it was good. Yeah, I mean, even their even their more conventional execution. I mean, I, 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 my memory of it is a little foggy at this point, but I, I think that's 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 pretty much correct. Even the more conventional ones, where you would expect like, oh, okay, this sausage and pepperoni is going to be fine, is was still just like poor quality pizza. Yeah, maybe it's better in yeah, Korea. Take I don't that, know, Mister Pizza Factory. <laughs> uh. Nick, you also have an interest in video games yes. and an interest in the kind of sex, sexual fan art that are, arises around video games. Yes. Were you bombarded with the sexy Waluigi as well? So I didn't get the sexy Waluigi. What I did get was the Sonic the Hedgehog blue curry. I got so Go on. that. Okay, so there is a there is a Sonic the Hedgehog themed curry. <laughs> Um, and it, <laughs> guys, I I thought 
I didn't see this sexy Waluigi. I should I should image search this and find out what it is so that I know. Uh, and God, look at the crank on all these Waluigi's that came up. <laughs> yeah, you might be looking at a different one. So many. I'm not ju- saying that they're not sexy. I'm just saying that they're different than the one I saw. Oh my God! This one in this one, Mario is nude. His mm-hmm. Waluigi's got a lady in a dog collar. And then he's holding her face in Mario's butt while Mario farts. So that and one also is Mario's dick is looks hard, but is also pointed down because he's sort of bent forward to fart. Right. Right. Yeah, that, but that, that angle points adds up. down. Uh, almost I, backwards. This is, not, this is not the one I saw. This you is, can't see Waluigi's crank in this one, so I can't speak to that. Right. When you get one that specific, I assume it was a commission. I like a, 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 patron, a, a, patron, a patron of the arts. Yes. <laughs> the Medici clan. Right. I, I did have a friend who was a, a, this was when I worked in video games, an excellent, just an amazingly talented artist. And he would, um, he would make a lot of money going to uh, conventions, particularly for, he, he, to furry conventions. And then he would just draw commissions. And the thing he would say is that it would always be, a, to a degree of specificity that he never could have imagined. So it was something like, <laughs> can you draw me as a deer uh, and I'm very sick um, and I'm, I'm hooked up to a uh, life support and next to me um, there is my wife as her fursona as a bunny and she is happy. Like she is like relieved. It- <laughs> And he'd, he'd get I mean, so many requests like that. I think the reason for that yeah. is that there's a very short list of pictures that are not currently available on the internet. <laughs> right. Like, if you if you require payment to cre- have someone create a picture, what you're looking for is literally the second result for my image search right here, which is under the title Fizz Gay Hypno Nintendo Pokemon Sex Super Mario Brothers Waluigi 206925. And this is a picture of a yellow, I presume this is a Pokemon. I don't recognize him. He looks a little like a yellow Smurf, but he's got a gray beard. And then he's got kind of a Dr. Seuss Lorax type collar. Ooh, I don't know Pokemon well enough. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to show this to my six year old and ask him. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Waluigi has been over getting fucked in the ass by this uh, Pokemon, but Waluigi right. is also holding two bags of money, like the kind that a burglar has that right. that has mm. dollar signs on it. We're inferring right. that some transaction took place. That maybe Waluigi got these bags of money from the where the Pokemon get the money. I think it's just how they celebrate a heist. I think it's, they're, a, they're a crew. They're a crew like Ocean's Eleven. They finally heisted the two money bags, and they're going to celebrate with anal sex. How do you celebrate a heist? I've never pulled one off, so uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, pull a heist. Get back to me. It might be the occasion for that. Why not? I got yeah, sure. to tell you, Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I pull one off, I pull one off, if you know what I mean. Mm, sure. <laughs> the old pull and pull. Yeah. 
Now you're talking my language, the language of heists. <laughs> so the you asked about the Sonic... Oh, yes, yes, the Sonic Blue Curry, you were saying. Yes, it really is exactly uh, what I described. I mean, it's a Sonic the Hedgehog branded curry, like a like you know, like a mac and cheese would be branded for the TV show Dinosaurs or something like that. Um, it's just a <laughs> just a marketing tie-in, sure. and then it's a it's a plate of it with some white rice, and then next to it is uh, is the curry itself, which is as de- like it's it's a very deep blue. It's as blue as the open ocean. And it hmm. looks it looks very unappetizing, but it, it's meant to, I guess, have the same hue as Sonic himself. Is the, and the and then the curry is the meat hedgehog meat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little gamey, but not unpalatable. Sure, yeah, yeah. No, it just looks like some sort of generic chunks. I don't know what the. I, I mean, I, I assumed it was just the curry was just a powder that you made into a sauce and then you used your protein of choice. But maybe it yeah, has some sort of maybe it has some dried chicken in there or something. That's that's, that's possible. Yeah, or rings, gold rings. <laughs> Sonic loves to collect those. He does. <laughs> if there's one thing I know about Sonic, as far as food goes, he's a chili dog man. That's what what Sonic consumes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. There is that weird. It, I did you see? Did you see the Sonic movie, Nick? No, I haven't yet. To my, it's my great shame. No, I was gonna ask if I was gonna ask if he eats chili dogs in it. I should. I gotta see it. I don't remember him. I have seen Sonic the movie, yeah. not to brag. Uh, I don't remember him eating a chili dog in it. Uh, mm. I remember it being better than it needed to be. I've heard that assessment. Maybe, yeah. Maybe if he, uh, maybe if he would have eaten the chili dog, it would have rocketed up into the strata of pretty good. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this, Jesse. Uh, and I know we're in spoiler country now, but uh, what happens after that big heist scene at the end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they rob Harris, right? Well, they pull off the heist, Nick. They yeah. pull it off. So once they pull off the heist, you know. Yeah. yeah oh, I, I, okay. I got it. Yeah. That's when the Pokemons come in. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get in here, fellas. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> and then they all watch the fountain at the Bellagio. <laughs> I got a question about Pokemons. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I again, I, I people assume I know a lot more about Pokemon than I actually do, but um, I'll, I'll do my best. So my six-year-old is obsessed with Pokemons. And, um, you know, we used to try and convince him not to be into Pokemons because all the Pokemons do is fight. And also, the, all the Pokemon shows are genuinely horrible. Like, they're just execrably bad. The idea of Pokemon is. is pretty great. The idea that there's all these different guys and they're all sort of different animals and yeah. plants and stuff. Like that part, and they all have different qualities. That part, five stars out of five. The actual television show is horrible and the only plot mechanic is them fighting each other, which is bad for six-year-olds. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a new... There's a new. I'm, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish, but I'm not sure if there's a new Pokemon anime or not, but the original I remember being pretty watchable. I was a little too old for it. Did not mean I didn't watch it, but I, I remember that being pretty pretty <laughs> decent. But but go on, please. Memories can deceive us, Nick. Memories can <laughs> deceive us. Um, I, uh, but, you know, these are dark times, and just whatever gives my child happiness right now, I support it. So I... We've gone full-on, full-bore supportive of Pokemons. And he plays the Pokemon. He plays Pokemon all day. Um, and uh, and again, I'm, we got him a Pokemon book that has all lists of all the Pokemons, and we read it together. 
At what point do you think he'll figure out that the reason I always say my favorite Pokemon is Squirtle is because that's the only Pokemon whose name I ever remember? Mm. I think he'll never figure it out. Unless unless he hears this. I think that's like, yeah, I know Squirtle is kind of a, is a starter Pokemon, but I think it's, if you said Pikachu, then yeah, I think he might catch on. But I think saying Squirtle is just enough where you'll you'll see him like you're in the know. He's like, okay, okay, Dad, you talk the talk. <laughs> <laughs> you're cool. You're clearly a Pokemon trainer like me. <laughs> he got really he got really mad at me the other day because uh, we were going to have a Pokemon battle, and he had picked an electrical type Pokemon, and he right. said, "What Pokemon do you want to be?" And I said, "Well, of course, I want to be Squirtle." Mm, yeah. And fucking dumb, dumb dad went ahead and picked a water-type Pokemon who are vulnerable to electrical-type Pokemon. Oh, shit! You fucked up! (laughs) Dude, I would... Brian, do you want to cut that out? Jesse, I would not admit that on the podcast. That is... (laughs) That is fucking wild, dude. (laughs) Uh, Nick, did you ever do a? Did you ever do some do some time with any of those games? I guess I I I, I don't know that about you. Yeah, no. we're about the same age, so maybe you were a little old for it when it came out. But did you did you do any Pokemon? I've dabbled in some Pokemon, but I'm I, it's it's a pretty it's a it's a decent sized hole in my gaming knowledge as as well. I mean, I think it just if it, it, it you're right. It's just a gen, it's just an age thing. I think if I had been five to ten years younger, it would have been right in my my sweet spot, but. Uh, I was I was ready to put away childish things by the time that Pokemon uh, hit the Game Boy. Right. What were you mm. What were you picking up? If, if you were putting away the ch- <laughs> yes. yeah yeah the, the game for grown ups Donkey Kong Country. Were, I mean, you were <laughs> passing from Poke Boy to Sea Man. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, but I but I do have respect for Pokemon, and I I think it's like it's it's got cool lore. I think it's a great world. I and I, the people who are super into it, I am um I am I, like I I totally I, I think it's a it's a it seems like a really rad franchise. But a lot of my Pokemon knowledge comes from playing Super Smash Brothers, where Pokemon are you know will appear. Uh, as uh, as items or assist trophies, and a few Pokemon are playable. Uh, that that's where I have more fluency with Pokemon versus any actual uh, Pokemon game. Even though I I have Pokemon Shield, I got I just gotta it's sitting my in my backlog. I gotta play through Pokemon Shield, see what all the fuss is about. Yeah, I for I also know them from Smash Brothers, and that's why my my Squirtle, my random pull is always Incineroar. <laughs> Fun to say, great name, great character in Smash. Yeah. Guys, let me know if either of you guys catches a shining Charizard. See, there you can know more there than you one. Go, yeah. There you go. You know more you're, than you're you know. Doing it. You're doing shining it. Shining Charizard. Yeah, speaking of video game backlog, Nick, have you used quarantine to like get any of that done? To some degree. I I think I you know, I the issue is that new games keep coming out and I was just yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, I was really kind of expecting there to be like, okay, well, this will staunch the, uh, this will stem the tide a little bit. That we won't have as many new releases, but it still feels like there's been an unending barrage that I can't even keep up with the games that came out in calendar year 2020, let alone catch up on my backlog. But I'm still making an effort to to do so to try to get into these games. Uh, and um, oh, hold on, to, to Nick, some, one second, Brian, Brian. Could you could you pause the show just for just for one second? I just need to write a quick letter to Dr. Fauci and let him know that we have identified the problem. (laughs) (laughs) 
Gonna write him a letter. You're not gonna text him, <laughs> dear doc, dearest. Like, that would be fat faster, dearest Doctor Fauci. Mm-hmm. Games keep coming out. <laughs> please, de- please de- delay the release of Ghosts of Tunisia. Tsushima, <laughs> <laughs> which I did play, and it was delightful. Oh, excuse me. Um, play Sekiro, you coward. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I should play Sekiro. It's a, I, the the combat in Tsushima is like a. From what I hear, it's kind of a dumbed down Sekiro. It's but, a. It's a. It's what they call the coward Sekiro. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there, there's a, there's just, there's too much to play. I, I have to, yeah, I, I have tried to. I, I came to peace actually in recent years. I, I came to peace with the idea that I'll just never get to play every game in the same way they don't ever get to read every book uh, or watch every movie. It's just, it's just unachievable in one lifetime. But you're, you're kind of, I think, you know, like you're, you're like a video game podcaster now, to where you weren't before. Do, 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 like, do you find that like people kind of come to you for takes on stuff like that? Like when something comes out, are they like, oh my gosh, Nick, we need to hear your feelings about blank? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think that naturally happens. Whatever your subject matter, whatever, whatever you, people assume you are maybe an, an expert or have a a, a degree of uh, a, a fluency in in whatever subject matter you're covering. Um, and uh, so yeah, I, I I don't know if it's been an uptick honestly because I feel like I've been much like uh, you, Jordan. I feel like we are kind of known as as guys who play video games. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, maybe some more DMs, maybe some more ad replies, but I don't know if an appreciable uptick in in people asking for my take. That's good. Yeah, I don't I don't like to have to produce a take. Yeah, people who don't play Sekiro are cowards. That's, that's all I got basically. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty I hot did, though. That's, I did that's a, some yeah, checking out scorcher. inside myself, Jordan. I haven't played Sekiro and. I am definitely a coward. There so you see, yeah. the pieces just, fit def- together. Just defeat the headless guardian ape, and you'll be fine. <laughs> I've heard a lot about this ape. Oh yeah, he's the headless guardian ape. Yeah, it's a pretty hard, pretty hard boss fight. It's really cool, and then you have to fight uh, it and its mate later. So it's not. I mean, not it's it's great, but I mean, it's not for cowards. Yeah, I think I'm getting too scared hearing your description. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Yeah. It's pretty scary business. What have you uh, played recently for How Did This Get Played, which is a, a, a podcast, uh, not unlike our friends at the Flophouse, treat uh, the lesser films of the world film canon to a, a gentle roasting. Right. Perhaps a ribbing. Uh, you <laughs> play some of the most misbegotten video games ever created on How Did This Get Played. Uh, what What have you played recently? Other than Seaman, I did see that you played Seaman. Seaman, Seaman <laughs> is a lot of fun. It's a C, you know the the challenge with a game like Seaman is that you need a Sega Dreamcast and you need the microphone attachment for the Sega Dreamcast controller. So you need a peripheral for a a, a console that hasn't been manufactured in two decades. So you know some of these it's a little bit more cumbersome to figure out how to actually play them. I mean, it's not that hard, Nick. You just go to the good guys. <laughs> or Babbage's. Yeah. You could also go to Babbage's. Pick up the new Chris Gaines single. <laughs> Man, there was only one Babbage's in the Bay Area, and uh, it was the only video game store that still sold games for the Atari Lynx. By the time uh, the rich kid who gave me an Atari Lynx used 
for his for my uh, uh, 13th birthday uh, gave me the Atari Lynx. Like he had had it for a while, wow. realized that you couldn't buy games for yeah. it, and then gave it to me secondhand as a gift because he felt bad for me because I didn't have video games. And uh, Babbage's was the only place you could get Lynx games like 18 months after the release of the Lynx. I would like make schemes to come up with enough money to go there and buy California games. Mm. Man. I bet they were uh, cheap at that point though, huh? Although nope, I hear still full price. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I guess they were yeah. collector's items at that point. That one, the, yeah. what I remember about the Lynx, because my friend had a Lynx and I looked on it with Envy because the, in the early days of, of portable, uh, you know, of handheld consoles, it was like the, the Game Boy was the big one but it was black and white in, uh, initially, and uh, it was monochrome, and then you had the, the Lynx and the Game Gear were both full color, which seemed awesome, except that the tech was so uh, rudimentary that it just just burned through batteries. And I it, like I remember him yeah. like having it, it, it had like eight like AA batteries in it, and they would last for like 40 <laughs> minutes. Um, was, that, was that your experience? Yes. <laughs> That's absolutely accurate. And I have to say, I only ever had clacks. Wow. Uh, and I don't think I ever traveled with my Lynx. I think maybe it had an electrical plug. And, uh, and what I remember most vividly about the Lynx is that it had stereo sound, which was thrilling at the time. Oh, yeah. It's pretty thrilling. Those blocks in, in clacks. You can really clack, hear clack, them. Clack, you can clack, hear clack, them. Clack. And I don't know if you guys you guys remember. I mean, Jesse, you you certainly remember. I don't know if you guys remember the the shape of the links, but um, it was it was pretty sexy. It had a it had a little curve to it. <laughs> not like that. Not like that blocky game. Boy. Did someone send Jordan a links during quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, it's imprinted on me sexually. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, I'm gonna be all fucked up after all this. Uh, what what have you? What's the most interesting game you've pl- you've played in the in the last few months? For how did this get played? Great question. I'm mentally going through the roster. You know, we had Jordan on, and we t- we played through the notoriously difficult Battletoads, yeah, uh, which was, was a which was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, to discuss the game is just punishing. It's it's so absurdly difficult to the point where I can't believe any child could have ever. I, I, you, you know what? You'd have to have the the just obsessiveness of a child to be like, I am going to get past this this extremely unfair uh, set of obstacles in order to progress because it is just it is so uh, just annoyingly un uh, hard and in a way that is completely unfun. Um, so Battletoads was a, Battletoads was a big one. I mean, what was your experience playing Battletoads, uh, Jordan? I know we talked about it a little bit on the yeah, show. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. It struck me as a, like, yes, to get good at Battletoads, you would just, like, I can imagine someone who's gotten good at it is, like, a kid who, who played it alone in their room with the sound turned all the way up so that they couldn't hear their parents fighting in the next room. Like... <laughs> Being something that you had to turn to for some sort of comfort. Um, yeah, no, it was. It, it's weird. It was one of those that I kind of like vaguely remembered from childhood and had positive feelings about. But like picking it up as an adult, I'm like, this is this is out of control. How yes. how fucking cheap this is. I imagine you guys had the advantage of playing it on like an emulator on a computer where you could save it. Yes, yeah. I feel like it did not occur to the designers of video games until like 12 years ago 
that they didn't get an extra quarter every time we died and had to go back to the beginning. <laughs> and so, like, it was only very recently that they let you save your game. <laughs> and, like, I, uh, I I got caught in... Uh, I've been playing that Legend of Zelda. Jordan, Jordan gave me his uh, Zelda machine oh, uh, wow. at the beginning of the quarantine. Playing Breath of the Wild. Yeah, oh, it's great. It's yes. wonderful. It's Delightful. so great. And I play it with my kids. My three-year-old gets really excited whenever there's a blood moon. Understandably uh, so. Three-year-old loves the blood moon. All those gerblins or whatever they're called, they're coming back to life. Does Is your three-year-old excited now when you go outside in LA that there's an actual blood moon in the sky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and plus when we meet a real goblin, he gets pumped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, but, like, there's this part in that game where uh, you go to a desert island or a tropical island, and they take away all your clothes. Oh, yes. You know? And and you have to you have to get these balls into these holes. It's a whole thing, you know? Yeah. They take away all your clothes. You get these balls into the holes. It was once you finish the big heist. Yeah, it's a heist situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some kind of heist. <laughs> but the thing about it is... When you're on this island, it doesn't save your game. And I only have, let's call it 18-minute stretches of time to play a video game. And so I played the first 18 minutes of this 30-minute task, I'm going to say seven times before I had the full 30 minutes to finish it. And every time I had to start over and it occurred to me, man... When I was 12, this was all video games, but for the entire game. Like on my Sega Genesis, you just couldn't save your game usually. It, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it is amazing how video games have always been 50 or 60 bucks. Yeah, right. And I guess just before, like, the way you made someone spend 50 or 60 bucks is you had to, like, you know, get a month of gameplay out of this one game. So you just made it appallingly hard. Whereas now you just kind of jam it with, you know, 200 different side quests. Right. And, and part of that is, is also Jesse's point earlier about, you know, the, the whole uh, two minutes per credit, which was, I think the, the arcade philosophy of design. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the initial, console games were either ports of arcade games or they were the same developers who'd worked in the on arcade games and so they just carried that philosophy over to console design uh but but yeah i i think there's i think that that also is a thing jordan is just like the artificial extension of of gameplay because you just didn't have the resources to actually craft craft enough create enough content where if someone played it through straight it would take 30 to 50 hours as you can nowadays with these you know gigantic 200 person teams and a bunch of sub contracted uh, uh you know uh, people working in, in a, a bunch of different studios and a bunch of different uh, uh, nations i mean like the the just the budgets for game for for triple a game development have just gotten so enormous that they can support those sorts of things but 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 just to talk about that specific island jesse i ha and this this is i i thought you were going here with this i was on that island doing that same nude quest and which is very challenging. It's like intentionally, a, a, you know, like a, a one of the more challenging things you have to do in the game. Um, that's not like the master quest or the DLC. And uh, a blood moon hit. So I'm already in this oh, area. No. They, they took everything away from me. I got no armor. I got no weapons. I got to start with nothing. 
and I can't, you know, I gotta get all through this whole area in one go, and, and the blood moon hits, and I'm just like, what am I supposed to do here? I'm just, this is, this is hell. You're fucked. So tough when that blood moon hits. I think, yeah. at the end of the day, I what I want to know is, there's two major parties in the United States, Democrats and Republicans. Yes. But they both have the same position on blood moons, which is no position at all. Yeah. Who is going to stand <laughs> up to these gerblins? Kamala Harris, your silence, R.E., the blood moon is deafening. <laughs> we could use a cop if the cop was going to arrest blood moons. Thank you. Yeah, that's the that's uh, yeah. The, we need we need leadership now more than ever. <laughs> I actually didn't do that side quest. I didn't do Nude Island. I only I only um I only uh, uh learned that Nude Island quest existed after I had finished the game and I am not really one to go back after I've completed the story. So, uh I only know of Nude Island. I have not done Nude Island myself. I tend to finish all of the side quests, but only because I get overwhelmed at the prospect of picking a new game to buy. Mm. Got it. Like, I'm like, I already played this game a long time. I don't want to have to learn new buttons. I guess I'll just collect six purple flowers now. <laughs> now that I've beaten the Mega Dragon, I'll just go around collecting six purple flowers. So I don't have to learn what jump is in a new game. Often the same button. It's often the same button. Yeah. <laughs> Which the jump button? Yeah, yeah jump. Usually, usually often map the same button. I guess I should I should have thought of usually trying the jump button in yeah. the new game. Sometimes I'll mix yeah. it up on you. They'll 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 put crouch on the shoulder button or something, but you know, usually it's a lot of the stuff carries yeah. over. But yes, if you if you're gonna do all the side quests, if you're gonna do try to hundred percent something, you do a lot worse than Breath of the Wild because that game is a, a spectacular design. And it is it, it is it it is so fun, and then also there's just so much content. I mean, you can play that game for hundreds of hours. Nick, are you a? Do you have the hundred percent gene? Do you like to hundred percent games? No, I, it's just too time consuming, and I think I always just go I, I go back to the backlog of just like I, unless I love a game, unless I really really love it, I am going. I would rather play a new game than do every find every single bit of content in this game um so yeah i'm i'm uh, rarely for me how about yourself yeah no i i i, I don't do it i i like to finish the story you know i like to yeah i like to I, I feel like i am powering myself up until i can beat the last guy and finish the story and then kind of after that like even if i'm not following the story like even if i am skipping the cutscenes, like i don't know it always just kind of feels done to me once that last boss is done what what kind of side quest do you guys like? Because uh, you know, like the the collect the six purple flowers that that to me is like the uh, all right. I, you know, I'm 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 not really into the the uh, the collectathons or the fetch quests. But if something if if there's like some level of you know a storytelling that that emerges, like I'm one hundred percent hooked by that. But do, but do you guys have a particular favorite type of subquest or specific subquest that uh, that stands out to you? Love to collect an audio log. Oh, love an audio log. <laughs> if I could find an audio log that, that tells me what happened to the the crew of the last ship. <laughs> I will collect every audio log. I love listening to them while I'm running around. Yep. Audi more, more. If there's an all audio log game out there, uh, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. Yeah, audio logs are a delight. I'm usually just looking for a new dragon. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, did I leave any dragons unslain? 
Well, you seems like you really hate dragons. Well, I just got a lot of potions left over, you know? Sure. I had been hoarding potions, thinking that when I killed that super dragon, I would need all the potions. But what ended up happening is I still had potions left over, plus, you know, I have metals in a metallurgy table, and I got plenty of lavender, so <laughs> I can make new potions, and I find... Find a. I gotta find another dragon that I left left on the you know on the road to the Mega Dragon. Yeah, and I usually take care of him pretty easy, you know. Yeah, but at least it's something, you know. It's it's like uh, it's like methadone. If there's an an instinct I've been trying to counteract in in my gameplay in recent months, it's a it's like a not hoarding. It's not hoarding items. If I have consumables, right. I try to use right. them. I play. I was playing through Final Fantasy VII Remake. I was like, I'm tossing this grenade. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to save it for a mini boss. I'm just going to use it on this, uh, you know, random enemy. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm just going to use because I have it. And because otherwise I'm going to get to the end of the game and I'm going to have 14 of these things in my inventory. And what did I do that for? You, I, on, the, on, the, on the topic of hoarding resources, um, yeah. I'm a little reluctant to admit this because um, I know you guys are going to roast me. I just know it. Um, but you know, I know it's uh, you know it's we we always roast the ones we love. So I'm right. I'm okay. I'm okay opening myself up to a roasting. Um, God, I I just feel so fucking stupid saying this. Uh, the other day I beat. I'm going back and doing all the from software games that I haven't beat. So I beat I beat Dark Souls two, and I had thirty radiant life gems. Can you? Oh boy! Can you fuck? I who am I? Who is? Oh, uh, what am man. I doing? It's the classic blunder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even have that problem. I I had uh uh I had all matte life gems. Mm. Life gems with a matte finish. <laughs> right. Sport. A little more elegant. Know, it's a personal preference thing, but I don't know why you want to do that with your life gems. Like I just like yeah. let them shine, you know? Sure. No, yeah. it's a cool thing. A lot of rappers have matte life gems now. <laughs> Each his own, I guess. Not my aesthetic. Yeah, well. Sorry. Mr. Twinkle Twinkle 2002. <laughs> it's a really beautiful sentiment, though, Nick. Just let your life gem shine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Well, look at this. We've got a little announcement for everybody. Yeah, we know you Ooh. love announcements, and we look got... Look what I found. Ooh. Jesse, you dropped something. Oh. Is it, is it an announcement? I found a little announcement on the floor. Man, I'm sorry. I knew this was going to go to baby voice. I shouldn't have started. I shouldn't have started. I knew it would lead oh, to baby voice. I'm hungry for announcements. Oh, boy. Ugh, never thought I would hate a baby so much. <laughs> what kind of man am I that hates a baby? Uh, yeah, announcement. So uh, we have been uh, kind of uh, teasing teasing with this for a while. But, um, yeah, our uh, sci-fi comedy podcast bubble that we did in 2018 uh, is going to be a graphic novel uh, coming out next year, uh, July 13th of next year. The bubble graphic novel will be available in comic book stores and bookstores and uh, wherever one would get a book online, uh, you could probably get it there. And, oh, 
man, uh, it, it, was this a, just a thrill, uh, the thrill of a lifetime to do. Yeah, I, and it came out, it's so cool. It is yeah. so cool. You got yeah. really cool people working on it. Our buddy Sarah Morgan wrote it with you. Uh, the art is amazing. It is really neat. Yeah, totally. Sarah and I, uh, Sarah, who worked on the uh, Bubble podcast scripts with me, um, she uh, she and I uh, did the did the script together. And the uh, amazing comics artist Tony Cliff uh, did the did the art. He does the Delilah Dirk series. That if you have not checked out, you really should. It's fantastic. It's good for uh, good for older kids uh, as well as adult comic fans. Uh, and he's also a really great writer himself and a really funny guy and contributed a lot of great stuff uh, in terms of uh, jokes and writing and uh, helping people who had never done comics uh, do comics. And uh, the uh, the uh, colors, the beautiful colors in this book are done by Natalie Reese, uh, who does the Dungeon Critters series, uh, which I uh, which I like a lot. So, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely a really cool group of people came together to do this. Uh, it, it, it's looking great, and and yeah, and I'm uh, just a you know I've been reading comics my whole life, and you know you probably know that if you listen to this podcast um, because I think saying Booster Gold is a joke. So um, and Jordan, I've been meaning to bring that up. If you yes, want please. to make a joke, right? There are like actual rules for what actually constitutes a joke. Okay. So okay. just saying booster gold isn't enough. You have to say firestorm the nuclear. Man. Right. You do. It's a set up punchline thing. I get it. Rule of three. You'll want to say Vandal Savage later. Right. Mm-hmm. T- tragedy plus time equals firestorm the nuclear man. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> this this is totally one of the most fun things I've ever gotten to do. It's really turning out cool. Um, we'll be we'll be bugging you guys about this a lot uh, between now and uh, July thirteenth of next year. Um, Pre order stuff should be up soon. Um, it's kind of a tiered process, so um, we'll let you know when you can pre order from all the various pre ordering places. Um, yeah, we we're we're stoked. I I'm thrilled we've gotten to announce it. Um, yeah, the website Newsarama, the great comics uh, news site Newsarama, did a cool preview. Uh, you can see the cover. You can see uh, a couple of sample pages from it, and really really check out how check out how cool this cool this art is because it, it it it's really really beautiful. And uh, yeah, I think uh, Brian's going to link to the. Uh, announcement in the episode description but it's also on our facebook page and all of our kind of personal social medias so uh should be pretty easy to find uh definitely check it out and uh yeah definitely stay tuned for more uh bubble comics news yeah and if you haven't already heard the podcast uh it's available it's there for you listen to it it's great what a great thing to do while you're taking your little fucking walk yeah take a dumb little walk uh go on a go on a comedy adventure and uh and and yeah then start getting excited for the book um i actually jordan i just got a letter in the mail from dr fauci oh wow a personal letter or like a form letter or a... no it was a personal letter handwritten wow. stationary the whole nine yards i think he uses a fountain pen Maybe even a quill, a dipped Classy quill. Guy. Classy guy, you can tell. Yeah, and he says, uh, "Dear Jesse, go on a little fucking walk and listen to Bubble." Wow, <laughs> she doesn't know you produced it, does he? Well, I think it's just one of those things that no matter who you like, no one is too big or fancy or too much of a Hollywood insider to be responsible for taking some time during the pandemic to go on a little fucking walk and listen to Bubble. You know, like he's yes. trying to make a point here that it's. 
that even Hollywood insiders like myself and Dr. Fauci need to do our part uh, to fight coronavirus by going on a little fucking walk and listening to yeah. Bubble. There you go. Do it. And hey, if you're uh, for some reason you unsubscribed from the feed after you listen to it, uh, give it a give it a subscribe. No promises, but we're going to try and drop some cool bubble audio content uh, into that feed. And that applies to Hollywood insiders as well, Merv Griffin. Yeah. If if you're out there, Mike Ovitz, <laughs> subscribe. This applies to you too, the dog from the beginning of of Family Ties. Right. From that little, M- I guess that's MGM the lion. As soon as we're as as long as we're doing animals, yeah, sure. Fox from Fox, right? Fox and Socks from Doctor Seuss. Sure, all all Seuss characters. One fish, yeah. Two fish. Need I go on? Yeah. Whether you're a red fish or a blue fish, the one thing that brings our nation together is going on a little fucking walk, listening to Bubble, subscribing to the podcast. Walk, subscribing to the podcast. And pre-ordering the book when it becomes pre-ordering available for pre-order. the book when it becomes available. Uh, yeah, it's actually, it's it's not exactly just the podcast straight. We definitely rewrote it for comics. Um, and yeah, it's some of the same story points, but also a lot of new stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of cool new stuff. Uh, new ending, a lot of new, uh, a lot of new cool stuff there. Yeah. I think that's that's a spoiler-free tease. So yeah, even if you've listened to the podcast, um, yeah, definitely check out the book when it becomes available. We've also got something up on the Jumbotron this week, a message for Dale from Gretchen. Happy 31st birthday, Dale. I love our little family, and I'm so grateful to have you and Moana as my partner. Love your wife and son and chihuahuas. You're the best. Um, hey, 31. That's a fun age. Yeah, it is. It's a very fun age. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and presume that uh, Dale and Gretchen are in a thruple with Disney Princess Moana, and that's what Gretchen meant by that. Right. And let's just assume that the character Moana is uh, it's, it's of a legal age. I don't know yeah, that. For, I, I think so. I sure. mean, it, they don't say explicitly or specifically, but... Yeah, you see her rent a car, so <laughs> she's at least 25. <laughs> Rents a nice Hyundai... And she's uh, <laughs> visiting her parents in Cleveland. She's like, hold on, Maui. I got to stop by the bottle shop. Right. <laughs> if you want to get up on the Jumbotron, it's MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely, and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag. That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about this... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. Okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on Maximum Fun... .org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. You 
never know who you'll run into in Fairhaven, the city under the bubble. Allison Becker. Eliza Skinner. Keith Powell. Mucus-drenched imp monsters. Rob Corddry. Cristela Alonzo. Judy Greer. Grotesquely possessive carnivorous plants. Justin McElroy. Travis McElroy. Griffin McElroy. Terrifying, malevolent, sentient beards. John Hodgman. Paul F. Tompkins. Lisa Loeb. Bubble, the sci-fi comedy from MaximumFun.org. Just open your podcast app and search for Bubble. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Nick Weiger. Forgot to think of something. Thanks for buddy. You want to take a second? We can, right. yeah. Come on, you got, you got, nah, you, could, you can think, get something in the chamber. Something. You want to do something? You know, sometimes okay. you, you, you this we can is, go back. I, and I do a lot of podcasts, and sometimes the break is a break, and other times the break is a, uh, oh, we'll be right back, and we're back, and yeah, hey, exactly. we're back. And so, and this is, I, and and you know, whatever people do, the shows their own ways. But I, I was, I, I forgot that I going out of the break, I gotta have something. I didn't have anything, so I couldn't think of anything. Yeah. That's okay. You just want to like say you know we can call something back. Oh, that's fun. You could. Uh, I mean, you have you just say radiant life gems. It's not that hard. Oh, that's that would have been fun because that'd be fresh in everyone's mind. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Yeah, people would love okay. that. All right, team me up again. Jordan, I don't know about this because I I feel like that's my idea now. Okay, so I should come up with something else. Oh, yeah. Like, if Nick had had that idea himself... So, Nick, come up. Yeah, don't steal. Yeah, right. Don't be a okay. copycat. Take, take a, make a new idea. Okay. Uh, so, not Radiant Life Gem. That one's off the table. No. no. Uh, okay, I'll... I, I mean, I'll give it to you for 20 bucks. Uh, yes, Venmo Jesse, 20 bucks. I, I don't have Venmo, but you can PayPal me. I don't want to use <laughs> PayPal... I don't like that it has that record of everything you gave everybody you gave money to or whatever. Yeah, but I mean, PayPal has that too. I mean, all these, I mean, really, all these apps have that. Yeah, everybody's. I, but PayPal's not public. Well, you can turn it off. It's you can make it so Venmo's not public. Yeah, you, you can, can turn, turn that off. off. I find I don't like Venmo, but I find Venmo is convenient just because enough people have Venmo. It's one of those things where it just reaches. Yeah. Do you have Zelly? Why don't you just okay, Zelly I'll, it? To I'll Zelly you the 20 bucks. Can you just send me some flus? Get a cashier's check. The internet currency uh, flus. Yeah, I mean, my flus account got locked, so I don't think I can send you. Jeez, <laughs> you know what? Just be, just be radiant gems. Uh, it's okay. fine. All right, t- uh, team me up again. Hey, I'm Jordan Morris, boy, joy, boy detective. Nick Weiger. Radiant life gems. Was that it? Was that your pet? Oh yeah! <laughs> yes! Oh yeah! <laughs> oh. Nick Weiger bringing the heat with the great nickname that references the last segment. When something momentous happens to you, just like that, give us a call, 206-984-4FUN, or send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Here's one person who did that very thing. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. This is Mike from Boston calling with a momentous occasion. I am driving on the highway, sitting in some heavy traffic, and I saw a car with Massachusetts license plates. Now, they say Massachusetts license plates in that 
it is a piece of cardboard with the word Massachusetts written on it and a bunch of letters and numbers scrawled underneath appended to the car where the license plate would go. And because we are in traffic, I was able to determine that this is a situation in both the back and the front of the car. And my first instinct was that maybe this is someone who is like lambing it and is just too dumb to steal real license plates. And maybe I should contact the authorities but upon reflection, I'm thinking this one might just take care of itself, particularly since we are sitting in traffic and I see a bunch of flashing lights up ahead where the cause of the traffic is. So, yeah, pretty momentous. I like anybody who makes something out of cardboard. Can someone summarize that for me? I, I couldn't follow that. He was sitting behind somebody who had cardboard license plates, homemade cardboard license plates. Oh, well, why did that take 45 minutes? Because I sometimes forget to say, keep it pithy. (laughs) I used to always say, keep it pithy. And now I forget sometimes and people get excited. And then they're telling the whole story and they're getting into it, you know, and they're meandering this way and that. Mm -hmm. And they don't keep it pithy. It sounded like he was delivering that in front of an amphitheater. (laughs) A lot of resonance (laughs) on that anecdote. Was that Dave Chappelle on one of his (laughs) secret shows? <laughs> you never know. We'll drop in. Man, the other day I was at uh, Desconso Gardens, which is a, um, it's like an agri, I mean, not an agricultural garden. Uh, an arboretum. Arboretum? It's like an arboretum type situation. Yeah. Here in Southern California. And, uh, you know, it's, I got a membership. I can, you're allowed to take people. It's safe. Can take my kids there. It's a nice place. And there is, there is like a bandshell amphitheater type thing there with a stage and everything. And uh, my kids were sort of playing in a pond looking for squirtles. Mm -hmm. And um, up on the stage, there was just a 13-year-old girl doing a one-woman improv show for her mom, grandma, and very annoyed younger brother. It was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) She asked for a suggestion and everything. Oh, it was so great. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I think that's. So I just think that's too young for a kid to know about improv. <laughs> <laughs> She'll just end up being ashamed of it later in life. Let's take another call. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, Brian, Sunny D, and uh, I hope the special guest is Rutger Hauer. I uh, just had a momentous occasion. My name is Ben, and I'm diabetic. Sometimes when I can't sleep very well, I listen to old episodes of JJ Co. because the random conversations take my mind off the fears of the world. I was in a hallucinatory dream caused by really low blood sugar, and yours and John Hodgman's voices were telling me I couldn't get to level seven of some maze I was in until I ate something. I realized that this was uh, a freaky situation, so I immediately woke up drank a juice box, and ate a granola bar I keep on my bed, and then I decided to call you. Needless to say, thank you all for saving my life and creating an inane podcast to keep me from life's many worries. All right, thanks, guys. First of all, you're welcome for saving your life. Uh, Second of all, this is not going to help you get to level seven. (laughs) You need to focus on that maze, dude. Lock in. No, dude. 
Say fuck it all and concentrate on the heist. <laughs> it's all about the heist. Uh, I just want to apologize for not being Rutger Hauer. I know that's going to be a little point. <laughs> yeah, you fucked up, dude. Also, and, and you may be disappointed to learn at this point that Rutger Hauer sadly passed away in 2019. So probably oh, no. might not be guesting on the show anytime soon, unfortunately. Great actor. Great body of work. Hmm. We once... Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was a reference, Nick, many, many years ago. We actually booked Rutger Hauer on Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, his publicist, he had a memoir out, and his publicist was a fan of Jordan Jesse Go, and uh, pitched him to us. Uh, we were like, yeah, sure, we'll have Rutger Hauer on. That sounds fun. And uh, unfortunately, that morning, he called me. He said he was too sick oh, to no. do the show. He was very gracious about it. Uh, he said he would reschedule. Unfortunately, we were not able to reschedule Rucker Howard, though we did make some efforts. And then, sadly, for that reason, he passed away seven years later. Let that be a lesson to all you other legends out there. Yeah. If you're the lady from Blade Runner. Sean Young? Yeah, Sean Young. If you're uh, Edward James Olmos is in Blade Runner, isn't he? Yeah. I call him Eddie. Eddie, if you're out there, get on Jordan Jesse Go. Almost for JJ Go. Let's make it happen. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. What a name. Edward James Olmos. Oh, yeah. Edward James Olmos. My goodness. That's when that's when names were names. That sounds so great. So much gravity to it. All these kids running around named Hunter and Tristan. <laughs> Edward James Olmos. That's a name. Sean Young, that's a name. <laughs> a lot of people are going to tell you uh, that their favorite Edward James Olmos movie is, of course, Stand and Deliver, but right. you can't overlook Zoot Suit. That's my mm, opinion. Interesting choice. Thank you. Oh, look at me. I'm Apple. I'm... <laughs> what? Some, I'm another dumb name that a kid would have now. Gunner. Edward. I'm a SoundCloud rapper. I have an asterisk and a hashtag in my name. Right. I'm Juice World. <laughs> Edward James Almost. You don't see as many ruddy complexions as you used to. Right. How do how do how do we do that? How do we give today's modern young people a ruddy complexion? I don't know. I think they're gonna have to drink more rot gut. <laughs> Get out there, kids. <laughs> Pretend the four locos. I describe my own complexion as ruddy, and I think what happened is that the, uh, the us, us ruddy folk got into podcasting right. because mm. it, it's just a you know it's a, a I, I feel like they're they're looking for people with clearer skin for the camera these days. Unfortunately, they, they call it, it's the ruddy man's art. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Nick Weiger, Mr. Pizza Pizza for Women. Wow. I thought of one. <laughs> yeah, that's from the first segment. Cool. <laughs> uh, well, Nick Weiger, it's been a joy to have you on the program as ever. Never less than a delight to talk to you. What a treat. Thank you for having me. 
Uh, and a, a special shout out, by the way, to your co-host, Heather Ann Campbell, who was kind enough to come on this week's program. But unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties, couldn't get her connection working. And so she graciously bowed out and allowed you to uh, carry the full weight of the show. And, and you did a wonderful job, except for the nickname thing. Yeah, that was a real <laughs> faux pas. Heather probably would have done a great job of that. I mean, she oh, has yeah, You passed, know she's so. got some nicknames. It doesn't even need any prep. She just have it ready to go. She'd have yeah, well, she's a skilled improviser. Yeah. You know? Not me. Talented, talented improviser. Uh, Nick Weiger, the co-host of How Did This Get Played? And the Doughboys podcasts. Uh, also, a writer on television's Earth to Ned. Oh, available yeah. on the Disney Plus streaming platform. It's true. I also worked on that show. Uh and uh, boy, we just had a, we just had a great time doing that. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun to watch the episodes. They really turned out great. So if you got that uh, if you got that Disney Plus streaming app, um, yeah, give it a watch. We're having fun. Check it out. It's yeah. a big it's a big alien puppet, and he has a talk show and a stunningly expressive face. A very expressive face. It's really a, the the artistry and the wizardry behind that is is really was a, is a sight to see. It is. I I I feel like I worried after I talked about it so much on last week's program that people that I talked about it so much that people would think it was either sarcastic or that I was avoiding talking about how funny it is. It's just that it's so stunningly extraordinary. Yeah. Well, it's mostly practical too. All the all the yeah. movie magic you're seeing up there on screen mostly mostly practical. So if you're tired of all the CGI gunk flying around in today's movies, Yes. All these kids named Gunner with their CGI. Gunner, I know. <laughs> back, we let's go back to a day of practical effects and Edward James Olmos. Yeah, um, yeah, it was total. Uh, it was uh, yeah. Earth, Earth, Earth the Net is a is, is a total blast, and uh, yeah, watch it. And if you like it, maybe do a little internet post about it because uh, I think most of Disney's advertising budget is going toward Mulan, <laughs> which is understandable. <laughs> Uh, Nick Weiger, always a joy. You can find us on uh, Reddit, MaximumFun.Reddit.com. You can find us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Jordan underscore Morris. Uh, you can tweet about the show with the hashtag JJGo. You can also like us on Facebook. Our producer is Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of our friends in The Free Design and at Light in the Attic records very grateful to them all those years ago for agreeing to let us use that music uh and i think that's about it we'll talk to you next time on jordan jesse go maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned audience supported